Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Here we are. Welcome aboard to Hour 3 of Backbone Radio on your local talk leader, 710 KNUS, Salem, Denver. Matt Dunn on board with you, and we've got a whole bunch to be getting in, packing in, sharing wisdom, humor, life, and vitality in this hour. And I don't know, did you watch Face the Nation this morning? I got to get to the border issue, yeah. Chris Ray says, up oh, increased amount of threats that they are getting at the FBI. Chris Ray, deep stater, extraordinaire. But face the nation this morning. Well, who was on there? It was an interesting pairing. Liz Cheney <laughs> and also Ron DeSantis, who is busily doing everything he can to alienate the GOP voter. Single digits, Ron DeSantis in many of the polls. But here's the Face the Nation promo, the Sunday show. Israel at war will have the very latest on the crisis in the region. Plus, we talk with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Congresswoman Liz Cheney. I'm Margaret Brennan. Join me for Face the Nation. Oh, somehow, I mean, I used to dutifully watch the Sunday shows and then come in and report on them here to Backbone Radio. And I would say, I watch this stuff so you don't have to because they're really quite unbearable and it's pure establishment noise. But they had Liz Cheney, who just lost, you know, 40 points in her primary in Wyoming, bring her on, and then bring Ron DeSantis on. Mainstream media loves trying to throw lifelines to Ron DeSantis. Have you noticed that? What does that tell you? Yeah, I think it should tell you something. The establishment would be much more comfortable with Ron DeSantis in the ring and not Donald Trump. Yeah. Deliberationist Donald Trump, who is setting this country free, setting Republican voters long corralled by rhino leadership, setting them free. More on clueless DeSantis in just a moment. But yes, Christopher Wray of the FBI is saying, you know, in the aftermath of the terrorist attack on Israel, we're getting a lot more threats in the United States of America of potentially harmful actions and so he's saying hmm you know he puts out a little warning about it and says people keep your eyes peeled essentially we'll play his clip here in just a minute um why don't i play it right now here, here's what christopher ray who i again say is one of the most repulsive human beings on the planet okay all of the spygate stuff all of the chicanery and the hoaxes and the rest of it that the FBI and the woke FBI has been up to lately. Um, anyway, but here's, here's his warning. We remain committed to continue confronting those threats, both here in the United States and overseas. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially 
for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you to stay vigilant because as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities. Yeah, Christopher Ray, he's all about safeguarding our communities. And of course, the Joe Biden policy has been to have the wide open border. Wide open. Millions been pouring in since Joe Biden became the president. And they've denied us. Oh, it's not open. The border is not open. Kamala, has she even been to the border yet? Has Biden been to the border yet? Elon Musk just went down there and said, man, it's bad. It's a crisis. They're flowing in. Anyway, so in the aftermath of Israel's border incursion, a lot of people are looking around at our own border and we're not feeling as safe as we would like to feel in this country. The American people have always wanted a secure border. But they haven't gotten that delivered from the ruling class, which is the uniparty, which is, yes, you know, people like Mitch McConnell uh, helping out Joe Biden and Paul Ryan and the rest of them to keep the borders wide open, snubbing the wishes of the American people. Okay, And in moments like this, it starts to look very, very increasingly concerning. Of course, some of us have been warning about this all the way along, but now here we are. And how good of a situation are we in? It's even to the point where Henry Kissinger, at the age of 100, guy is still going. Henry Kissinger, Secretary of State under Nixon and Ford. And he wrote all those big, you know, 1,200-page books talking about how wonderful of a guy is Henry Kissinger. I've got all of them. (laughs) I had to study Kissinger a lot when I was in college. And... um, Anyway, you know Hank. But he has suddenly had a revelation that, uh, gosh, you know, um, this Western policy of letting wide open borders prevail and bringing in countless people from, you know, radically different cultures and not thoroughly vetted, maybe that has been a mistake. And let's let's hear Henry say it. Henry talks kind of like this, and so you'll have to translate from uh, Kissinger. It was a grave mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. So Henry Kissinger has had a revelation that it was a grave mistake to be letting all these people in. A grave mistake. And again, just so you can do your own internal translation, I'll play this again in just a moment, but I'm wondering, why didn't Henry Kissinger have this revelation even 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, but now he has it now. And he says it out loud now. And the stuff that Henry Kissinger just said out loud is the kind of thing that the uh, ruling class would describe as xenophobic and racist and all of the other pathological terms that they like to use to characterize the normal people 
that inhabit the country that they rule over and have put us into a unenviable situation, especially, you know, called to attention by what has just happened in Israel. But Henry Kissinger, once again, the grave mistake. It was a grave mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. Yeah. So it has been a grave mistake. And apparently you can say that out loud now, safely, because uh, Henry, at the age of 100, is saying it. But heightened alert. Christopher Ray says heightened alert. And uh, France, how are they doing in France? They've declared the highest alert in France. And with the French immigration policy that has been sort of last few decades, which has, if you've been to France lately, it's not the France you went to a couple of decades ago. It's not the place you went to when you got out of college and uh, did your backpack tour of Europe. It's a little different deal over there in France, and man, they are having to deal with a lot of worry over there in France right now and other countries in Europe. But guess what? There's a couple of countries like Poland and Hungary, which have not been um, having immigration, which have had secure borders, that are not sitting around with the same kind of concerns and worries, not having to have their own Christopher Rays come out and say, oh, well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's dicey right now. Um, let's look at what's going on in Poland here real quick. What do, you, what do you say when we come back around the corner? A little different deal? Does it make sense to you? Would you uh, what, what, what's your advice on what kind of policies we should have? Red Hot Chili Peppers channeling Stevie Wonder. Sticking to the higher ground here as we come back into Backbone Radio. Rocking on along. And yeah, Henry Kissinger decides, oh gosh, it was a mistake to be letting in the entire rest of the world into Western countries. A grave mistake, he says. So many people. And, you know, some of us have been pointing these things out for many years and you know, called names for it, of course. And uh, just, you know, normal people in the United States of America have had this opinion, but the leadership, of course, which is corrupt, has given us the opposite, all right? And that's what we need to change about this country and about, you know, Western leadership in general is set the people free, let them have a say. It's supposed to be a democracy, right? Our democracy, they love to say. And you know why they say that, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll do more discoursing on that at some point. But in Poland, they've had a little different policy, and here a Polish politician named Dominic Tarzinski is talking to a uh, British open borders globalist type journalist and really has some, uh, some very interesting responses for her if you listen to this little clip right now that Poland is not having a lot of worries. They, they haven't had a history of the wide open border and they haven't had a history of you know a whole bunch of culture clashing in that country and it's interesting that Samantha Powers right and Hungary is the same way Samantha Powers and the World Economic Forum people 
really have it in for Poland and Hungary. They don't like those countries because they're not the wide-open borders globalist people. They respect their own heritage and culture and history and want to do what their people want, which is to keep Poland Poland and keep Hungary Hungary. How does that look right now? Does it look good right now? Here's Dominic Tarzinski. How many refugees has Poland taken? Zero. And you're proud of that? If you are asking me, if you're if you are asking me about Muslim uh, Muslims illegal immigration, none, not even one, will come to Poland. Not even one if it's illegal. We we took over two million Ukrainians who are working, who are peaceful in Poland. We will not receive even one Muslim because this is what we promised. But I asked this not about illegal failed. immigrants. I asked about refugees. And Jean-Claude Juncker, the Commission president, says that you're racist. You sound proud of the fact that you haven't taken any refugees. Of course, because this is what our people are expecting from our government. That's number one. This is why our government was uh, elected. But this is why Poland is so safe. This is the, the, the reason why we had not even uh, one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country. Is that, is that how you do it? Dominik Tarzinski, elected by the people of Poland to represent his region, and uh, called a racist by the British reporter there for, yeah, their immigration policy, but how does that look right now? How does that look right now? And that is, yes, a rhetorical question double asked. How are we feeling right now with Christopher Ray sounding the alarm? How does Joe Biden's open border look after inheriting Trump's very secure border? And I think we know the answer to this. And, you know, you see that, you know, the people implement these policies against the will of the American people. And, of course, as ever, it's the American people who didn't want those policies who have to suffer, who have to worry, who have to deal with the fallout. Now, I was mentioning a bit about Ron DeSantis a bit ago, who I am not in his fan club. He has been worse than even I could have imagined as a candidate. I advised him not to run, but he's turned out to be even worse than I thought he was going to be. But he's still out there. He's putting all of his chips into Iowa, hoping he can come out okay in Iowa. But he's 40 points down to Trump. And Nikki Haley is getting ahead of DeSantis in a lot of the polls, but they're still, you know, way down around single digits. And Trump's got the 40, 50, even in some polls, 60 point lead. And he's even leading Biden by 10 or 11 in a couple of different polls. But apparently DeSantis and Nikki Haley are making a pitch to the big globalist never Trump donors. And I was just wondering, like, what is that pitch like? They're still trying to get money because they're about out of money. And what do they do? I mean, what do they say? I mean, like, hey, we're down 40, 50 points. Nothing's working for us. The voters don't like us. Whenever we criticize Trump, we fall further behind. But uh, we really need money. Can you, can you get out your checkbooks? How, how does that work when they go in there? And it seems to me that actually what the pitch is, is the game is to try to do as much damage to front-runner Trump as they possibly can they admit that Trump's going to win the primary going away, 
but they want to still try to inflict as much damage as possible as they possibly can on Trump, which isn't working, but heading into the general election in 2024. And so the big donors who are giving any money to DeSantis or Nikki Haley, and it seems like it's more Nikki Haley now, um, which is, boy, is that desperation. No chance for Nikki or DeSantis. But the idea is to try to inflict damage for the general election. Does that make sense? I mean, they're writing off the primary, but why are they even still sticking around when they've got the single digits? Well, that's that's the game here. And there's an individual, I saw this clip, uh, somebody named Kalen Dorr, who was the CMO for Trump 2020 campaign. I don't know what CMO is, but I saw him interviewed on uh, the Ameri- Real American Voice, and I thought, well, let, let's let's just bring this in. This is pretty good context. Again, pretty calm, pretty reasonable, and I think pretty darn spot on. I think what we're seeing here is uh, the, the DeSantis camp is basically taking a page from the Lincoln Project playbook. I mean, in the eyes of Republican primary voters, that is how he looks and is perceived right now. I mean, think about his last few moves, right? Uh, he's done Bill Maher. Uh, he's attacking President Trump out of context and totally alienating the base and the people that voted for him. Uh, and quite frankly, he's just totally lost the message. Uh, the guy has no idea what he's doing. He's lost in the sauce. You know, we're talking about barbecue and stuff. You know, that's that's a free promo right there. Um, he, he just he doesn't know what he's running for. He's almost out of cash and he's only got less than two weeks before he's got to drop out, according to his own self-imposed deadline. Yeah. So then it becomes what what does he do at this point? I mean, I guess from his from a hubris standpoint and from an ego standpoint, he's going to stick it out, I guess, until the money dries up. I mean, what's your prediction for DeSantis? I mean, I'm assuming he goes through Iowa, New Hampshire, at least or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, the guy is spending all of his money uh, in uh, Iowa currently. I think he's got around $5 million. He just made a $2 million TV buy. Uh, so that means this is like the, the epitome of going all in on a state. Uh, he's going to run out of time completely, uh, and, and we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't vote for the guy for dog catcher in 2028. So you know, if you're like a heritage or you're a, a swampy little think tank somewhere, uh, you're looking at picking up Ron, Ron D to, uh, to do some policy work for you. Otherwise, I don't know what the guy's going to do. It's, it's going to be really hard to make a living. Yeah, so that's, that's what uh, Kalen, Kalen Dorr says about Ron DeSantis, which is which is accurate. It's about trying to harm Trump for the general at this point. And uh, I don't know, does DeSantis even, does he even hold on to Florida in terms of when he next runs for a governor down there? Steve Cortez, who's been a guy that was part of the Trump last Trump campaign, then jumped over to DeSantis. He's bailed out on the sinking ship of DeSantis campaign. He's bailed. Cortez bailed. Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show, leaving that on a little long. For those of you out there in automobiles, driving down the road, getting a little Neil action. That's one of the songs I didn't like as much by Neil until it came out in that Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, like Once Upon a Time in California or whatever that was. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then I was like, oh, no, that's a good song. Thank you for that one, Neil, who lives part-time in Aspen, by the way, as so many folks do from the Hollywood region. At any rate, yeah, welcome back. And I I have to talk about RFK just a little bit. 
And by the way, 303-696-1971. And I'll get into a little bit about Ken Buck. Ken Buck still auditioning for the MSM job that he seems to crave. He goes on the media. He just is auditioning. Please hire me. Please hire me, CNN. Please, please, George Snuffleupagus, hire me. We'll do that clip in a minute. But RFK, I am asserting, is an op to try to hurt Donald Trump in the general election. And RFK, yes, has come out independent. So he'll probably be on the ballot, at least uh, in most states. And just watch. RFK will be on the ballot in the states that will most be hurtful to Donald Trump, getting beyond the margin of fraud in 2024 election cycle. Yes, I'm already speaking through the primary at this point. Um, By the way, I had to text the studio. Matt, I can't figure out your disdain for DeSantis. There's so much worse in the Republican Party. Um, You got to look a little deeper into DeSantis and what his whole deal is. And his whole deal was to try to mimic Trump all the way along and get into office by mimicking Trump and getting Trump support and then turning around and stabbing him in the back and going against everything he's been saying all these years. Just watch the guy uh, in action and go to the conservative treehouse. Sundance has had Sundance nailed from the beginning, and it takes a little bit of effort to understand, and I've been explaining it over the past year, about where my disdain for DeSantis comes from, and he is worse, worse than you would have any idea. And now he's just a device for the never Trump donors to try to harm Trump into the general. Okay. So anyway, back to RFK. My goodness gracious. Um, So he's going to run as an independent. And in his own words, I played him last week. He says, hey, I take more votes from Trump than I do from Biden. And I have, I've been looking for the, uh, the little flag to come out that Biden has now granted Kennedy Secret Service protection now that he's an independent. Okay, keep your eye out for that one. But did you know that RFK is an ardent opponent, yes, of the Second Amendment? He is a gun grabber. Did you know he's a big-time Green New Dealer? Yes. And did you know that up until six months ago, he thought you were racist if you did not want an open border. You were a racist if you wanted a secure border. Ah, you see how it's coming together. And yes, a texter to studio last week pointed out that RFK's daughter-in-law works for an agency in particular in Washington, D.C. But give Sean Hannity just a little credit here for getting in the face of RFK. RFK the other day, calling him out a little bit, clarifying a few things. And let's just, again, we're going to have to talk about exactly what RFK is about here and what his op is for 2024. Opinions about it. All right, I'll ask you. Do you still still believe the NRA is a terror group? Uh, I support the Second Amendment like I do all the amendments of the Constitution, and I'm not going to take people's I didn't ask you if you support the Second Amendment. You called in 2018. You said Parkland students are right. The NRA is a terror group. Do you believe that? Uh, I don't consider the NRA a terror group. 
Do you regret tweeting that in 2018? Well, I don't recall tweeting it in 2018, but if I did, uh, as I said, Sean, I don't consider them a terror group and I support the Second Amendment. Do you regret endorsing Al Gore, John Kerry, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders over the years? I don't recall endorsing Bernie Sanders. I like Bernie Sanders. I I, I voted for Barack Obama. Um, I I don't regret that. I I don't. There. Uh, there you go. Not a good look for RFK. And there he is stammering and stumbling. And again, yeah, it's hard to hear his voice. And yeah, yeah, it started to click. But oh, that's what RFK is doing, right? And he called 2018 a tweet. He said, the NRA is a terror group. Oh, now he's backtracking on that one, isn't he? He's backtracking as fast as he can on that one. So um, let's, uh, let's hear, and this is more, a more recent clip, where RFK suddenly changes his position on the border. Suddenly he's like, oh, it's not racist if you want a secure border. He just changed his mind. Why is that? Well, because he's trying to drain Trump voters in 2024. Now, does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Let's hear RFK and his, his revelation, kind of like Kissinger had a revelation, yeah? Six months ago, I thought that an open border was a humanitarian policy and that sealing, if you were for sealing the border, it meant that you were probably a xenophobe and maybe a racist. I was wrong. How did I learn I was wrong? It wasn't just that I listened. It, it wasn't just that I listened to the other side. It was when I actually visited the border and listen to people who weren't on either side. My views changed as I spoke to Border Patrol officers, to local officials, to local sheriffs, aid workers, and to the migrants themselves. I saw that no one party has a monopoly on wisdom. Yeah, that's good. So RFK has had a sudden change on his border policy, just in time to try to drain votes from Trump in 2024 as an independent. He used to think you were xenophobic and racist if you wanted a secure border. But six months ago, when the plan was put together, (laughs) he changed his mind on the border. Are you buying it? Are you buying it? And let's go back to 2014. RFK wants to arrest politicians that don't believe totally 100% in global warming. RFK has come out saying, hey, the Green New Deal is where it's at, man. The Green Environmental New Deal of AOC, he's all in for that, is RFK. But let's hit the, let's, let's look back in the record books here. Uh, 2014, arresting politicians who deny global warming. RFK, is that true? opinions about it all right i'll ask you you still you know wrong one this one do i think they should be in jail i think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at the hague with all the other work and hopefully you can hear that one what about politicians uh people who deny who express skepticism they're selling out the public trust and you know i think those guys who are doing the, the Koch brothers bidding and who are against all the evidence of the rational mind 
are saying that global warming doesn't exist, that they are contemptible human beings, and that, you know, I wish that there were a law you could punish them under. I don't RFK. think there's a, war, a law that you can punish those politicians under, but I, do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless endangerment? Absolutely. That's a criminal offense, and they ought to be serving time for it. They ought to be serving time. Right, Three hots and a cot. RFK saying that any political figure, any political donor that does not sign up for global warming needs to be incarcerated. And that clip came in in my left ear on my headset, not both ears, and that makes me wonder if it actually did go out. And you could hear that. I I hope and assume you did. So I talked over it a bit, just in case. (laughs) I've had that happen a few times. So how are we feeling about RFK? Late conversion, six months ago on the borders, and used to think that NRA was a terrorist group, the National Rifle Association, and is on record saying that politicians who aren't all in for global warming being like the gravest security threat ever need to be uh, in jail. There's RFK, but they're pitching him again right at the kind of people that they think they could peel away from Donald Trump. Yeah, watch this play. Let's, we'll be getting the word out. We'll, we'll get through this one. There you go. That's an old hymnal there. The darkest hour is just before dawn. Dwight Yoakam and Ralph Stanley rendering that version, which I do love so. There's Ralph Stanley with his claw hammer banjo in the background. Bring the fiddle up. And with that, you know, the darkest hour just before dawn, and to our friends, allies in Israel, we send the good word. It might seem dark, but that darkest hour can be just before dawn. Although my caveat is I I want the cool heads, cooler heads to prevail in what happens next. Went into that in the first hour of the program And before the phone action, real quick on Ken Buck. I thought, you know, he voted to get rid of McCarthy. I thought, is he he responding to the pressure? No. He goes on ABC with Snuffleupagus, still auditioning for the CNN job, for the ABC job, the mainstream media job. Boy, he thinks he's really slick on air, does rhino Ken Buck. And I do think Ken Buck might feel happier as a human being and more authentic if he just became a Democrat. I just think that's what Ken Buck should do, the anti-impeachment Ken Buck. Just be a Democrat, Ken. Just come out. Be a Democrat. You you know you want to. Anyway, Ken Buck, the kind of Republican rhino that will go on the mainstream media and say exactly what the establishment wants to hear in order to somehow get himself a job. It's weak stuff. Anyway, just, just so you have the latest... Well, both uh, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise voted to decertify the electors. I don't know that it's going to be a very big factor at all. I think the factor, uh, George, is that we continue to perpetuate a lie about the 2020 election being stolen, that we talk about the January 6th uh, events as a unguided tour of the Capitol, that we are uh, pretending that the uh, people who assaulted police officers and destroyed federal government property are political prisoners. That hurts our ability 
and, and credibility to move forward with the American people and tell the American people that we have a serious issue with spending. We, as Republicans, can do a better job securing our border. We know how to deal with inflation. We can deal with the crime issue in our cities. That's the problem I think we have when we continue to perpetuate the myths that we're perpetuating. There you go. Ken Buck, he just... He sees a uh, entrepreneurial opportunity to try to position himself as the rhino who goes on the mainstream media, pretends to be a Republican, and says what the uniparty establishment wants to hear. A lot of Republicans fall into that. Ken Buck has, and I think he should just go become a Democrat, and he'll he'll feel better about himself once he gets that accomplished. And of course, there he's talking about we have a spending problem, but Ken Buck has been all for spending the billions on Ukraine. Yeah. Anybody who talks about we have a spending problem and doesn't in the next sentence say, hey, we can't be spending all these billions on Ukraine because that's a huge mess and going the wrong way anyway. Well, you know that they're a fake. They're a fake. I hope that's clear to everybody. What an embarrassment. Now, last time I'll play this, Tucker Carlson on Donald Trump, then we're off to the phone lines. But this is kind of just a summarizing point about where we've been this evening. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden whatever donald trump's faults he is better than the rest of the people in charge at least he doesn't hate them for their weakness donald trump in other words is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world. But our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country. Yes, it is. And again, that sums it right up. Right there. That's what we've been pointing out for years around here. Trump is a liberation figure trying to set the Republican voter free from their rhino corporatist globalist leadership that now is trying to engineer a Democrat speaker of the House when we have a Republican majority in the House. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a racket. Unfortunately, the Republican Party has become a racket on top, but it's changing. It's changing. They're cracking and we need Speaker Jordan, and we need that to happen on Tuesday. All right? We want accountability there, sunlight and transparency. And if we can have some sunlight and transparency, Jordan will be the speaker, unless the rhinos really want to rip the mask off on the fraud that the GOP has been. Are they ready to do that? And I would submit 
I don't think they are. But I don't know. Maybe we are getting to the end times. And maybe the GOP has has been a vessel that no longer is useful to the rhino, globalist, corporatist, WEF class. So if they're ready, that's how you know. Whoa, we're getting there. Let's say hello to Jack in Wyoming. Jack, welcome. Hey, Matt. Uh, I think I got you on speaker. Let me take it off. Okay, yes, sir. If I can figure out how to do that. Well, oh, just talk. That sounds good on our end. Yeah, bring it. Okay, I want to talk about the distance an apple falls from a tree. Okay. <laughs> Newton. We're going into Newtonian physics right now. Well, it's more about personalities and integrity than it is about physics. But I got interested in politics in the early 60s when the Vietnam War was going on. I, and I'm not just, I'm talking about local New York mayor, all politics. I've been interested in it. I have been ever since. But I'm going to tell you this, that Bobby Kennedy, his father... And I heard, I heard what you said about him flip-flopping there. I have never in my entire life seen a politician that is more phony, that, that, that a lie, that is so ambitious, that will do anything he can possibly do, that he thinks he can get away with it and advance himself. Ever since he got on the commission against Joe McCarthy, that's where he started. He was absolutely the worst politician I have ever followed, I've been aware of. You're talking about JFK. Yep, you're no, no fan I'm of talking, JFK. No, RFK. Bobby R- oh, RFK. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's his son you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. And I and was. That's just why I said the apple from the and tree. RFK. Yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. I know he's where you're the going. Same as his father. His father was the. We had about six ch- channels in New York at TV back then. You had to get up and twist the damn knob, you know, the tuner. And at six o'clock, about the five or six stations all had their news on, and they were covering the electioneering that was going on at the time. I had it on one I, on one channel, like four, and then you went to seven or like that. I had it on one, and there they, they had covered them with their reporters with him giving a speech in the Jewish community in New York, all about, you know, of course, Israel was in, involved in all kinds of scrambles, and about them g- giving them the jets. They were going to give them the jet planes. To, okay. Then I flipped the channel a couple over, and then another time during the day they had a tape of him talking to a, an Arab community, and he's saying exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. There you go. I mean, that, 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 I mean, it's yeah. just—it's the worst I've ever seen. The apple has not fallen far. Jack, you are the man. Let's stay close. Saddle pals, talk soon.